0: Hey, you're listening to Melissa Unscripted, and we want you to know we love our listeners. We especially love when they send us ideas for new episodes they like to hear and when they subscribe so they don't miss an episode. So share your ideas, hit the subscribe button, and keep listening.
1: (laughs) I like being here, though. I love this space. We're in our office, by the way. Yes. I wish that we could be at my home because we enjoy that too, but there's more noise at my house right now than I've ever heard in downtown Greensboro. (laughs) So hopefully that'll, that'll all result in something really beautiful in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. I mean, are you talking about what you're doing?
1: Well, I'm basically relandscaping my backyard to make it more of an oasis because at the end of the day, I think that's one thing that will, will emerge from COVID with, I'm doing exactly what all my clients are doing, is trying to make my home and my space just wonderful. And I've, and I've gotten in the habit of spending a lot more time there. So it's great to, you know, it's, it, it inspires you to make it what you want.
0: Now, is this, a, is this an investment you're doing because you want a return, or is this an investment of quality of life?
1: This is actually a quality of life investment. Um, the return investments are done. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're done. I mean, the kitchens, bathrooms. Um, I just now I don't I, I believe this is a return investment. Whenever I plan any big home project, something always comes up. So, not only was I just rent, redoing my landscape, but the um, my roof had to be replaced, and then I had a cracked heat exchanger, so my furnace had. So, just to let everyone know. We go through it too, <laughs> but it's humbling and it helps you help your clients get through it. So that's how I choose to look at as anything terrible and horrible and dramatic that happens to me at my residence. It just gives me a tool to help others when they go through it because we do. I mean, we deal with this all the time.
0: I bet you have a Rolodex of people to call though when it's time to do that kind of work.
1: I love that you know what the word Rolodex it means. is old
0: school. <laughs> because it's I'm so, not even that old.
1: It's so funny. I don't even have a Rolodex, but my my brother it's his. He has two on his desk. But it's so funny. Elaine, who we've mentioned, is mm-hmm. you know been with me for so long. Her Rolodex is now in my office, and it, it's almost got its own special place. Like we worship that Rolodex. It, it's <laughs> kind
0: of like an old typewriter, you know, it just an old manual typewriter. And
1: Elaine knows how to work those really well. <laughs>
0: Are fingers strong enough yeah. to still push oh, the buttons? Yeah.
1: We have one in our office in the workroom. <laughs> and every 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 year I hear someone on it. <laughs> Once a year. <laughs> but no, I miss it, actually.
0: You're listening to Melissa Unscripted, the show that brings you tips, tales, and the truth about the real estate world. I'm your host, Dave Wilson. And with me always is the woman who loves to point out my Rolodex knowledge, Melissa Greer. My, uh, my dad made me take, in high school, he made me take typing and auto mechanic. He's like, you can take anything else you want. That's smart. But those two you have to, because computers were, you know, when I was in high school, computers were showing up and they were starting to take over. And he saw it. He's like, you got to So gotta I can call
1: you if I ever have a car issue. And, and that was the other thing, too. He's
0: like, you know, you need, you need to know how to fix things. Yeah. You need to know how to fix your car. You need to know if you're stranded that you don't get taken advantage of. Well, and, and it's good to know, hands-on, you know, learning about tools and hands-on is always a so good thing.
1: That know. leads me to a great story. So as I've said on this, I'm I'm the youngest of five. So both my brothers, my older brother, Waven, had a pumpkin-colored Toyota Corolla 1600. That's what we call it. And it was his car, and it got passed down to my brother, Scott. And so when I finally passed the test and got my driver's license, which actually took a few hits, um, I got that car and, um, it was fine, but it had been, imagine having your two older brothers have this car and then you get it. And so by the time I got it, the trunk wouldn't stay light, but that was okay. Cause that's how we would get, I get my friends if we needed to, this dates me. <laughs> getting actually. to the
0: drive-in, right? Oh my
1: God. I can't believe <laughs> you said that. Cause I was like, <laughs> but they're back. So it could have been like a yeah. month or two ago, actually. Except I don't have that car. <laughs> but. but it was so funny because that didn't latch. If it didn't start, I knew that I could just pop the hood up and add water to the battery. And I don't even. I, I'd scare me to death to do that in my car now. Well,
0: you can't. They don't do that anymore. They're they sealed. OK yeah.
1: Okay. Well, that's how I did it. And then the only other thing is I, it, I constantly got flat tires, which is more because of me than the car. But one time <laughs> I had two at the same time. To me, curbs. <laughs> just I think that could have happened recently to me, but. Um, I had two at the same time, and we lived in Fisher Park, and there's a gas station, you know, on the corner of Wendover in Gridland. So I knew how to change my tires, but with two flat, I was like, okay. So I rolled one of them down to the gas station and got it patched, walking, rolled it back, and then took, took the other one because I didn't have a spare because I needed my trunk space for other things. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the best car. It was funny, I, but I, that's the extent of it the car I have now, it would just intimidate me so much to change the tire. I wouldn't even have the car.
0: Well, um, the other day you were talking about uh, a client of yours mm-hmm. and they were listening to your podcast and they felt like a connection with you. They felt that you know you were real and that's one of the reasons why they went with you. They felt comfortable. That's cool that this podcast is you know letting people see your personality, but how did that feel when you're when you're working with somebody? and They're like, "Oh, I just I really clicked with you over the podcast."
1: Well, it really felt incredible because, mm-hmm. as as you know, I love doing this with you, and I enjoy it, and it, it's it's a different level, and it gives me something to do other than what I've done every day forever. But I just loved it. I, I mean, I thought it was actually because people all the time would say, "Why do you do that?" or whatever they say. We enjoy it, but what? And I said, "Well." We do it because we enjoy it. Hopefully, someone will get something out of it. I think in our very first one, we said, if one, per, like when I go to a seminar, if I get one thing that makes me feel better, or even in a book, if one thing I remember and, and use it in the future, or it helps my life at all. So, we were hoping that that would do that. I We didn't go into this thinking this would get me business. And that was like the icing on the cake. I mean, because, well, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about the business and I love, I love, thinking of new ways to develop the business. And I never thought that, I never went into this expecting that, but it really made me happy.
0: Well, it's cool because you, you kind of got almost almost an instant relationship with somebody, instant trust. Mm-hmm. You, didn't ha- yeah. you, know, you built trust without even meeting them the first time. So,
1: Well, I think they're more excited about Dave and Melissa's day of fun. <laughs> and I think buying the house. Wouldn't it be great if people are buying houses for me just to be able to participate in that day? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I think, I mean, if you're listening out there, we may make that a requirement. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, it, it, meant, it meant a lot to me. I'm, as you know, you know, I've spe- I'm a relationship person, so the way I build my business is through relationships. And, and I really, the biggest challenge sometimes is I get referral business where the people don't know me. hmm and it's interesting. I just had that happen with a first-time homebuyer, and I, I could tell. We looked at the house, and she had her parents on Facetime, and they don't live here. And she would barely speak to me, but she was trusting them. And it made me realize how important it is for my clients to trust me. And I, it, it was a challenge because I, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to tell her that that I welcome the parents being involved, actually because. When I bought houses, my mother was very involved in that, and my family, of course, when you have a family of realtors, they're going to be involved. But I did have a conversation with her, and I said, I want you, I don't know exactly how to communicate this. I said, maybe check my Zillow reviews or check some reviews online, but I think that you'll see that a lot of people know they can trust me to take care of them, and I think I want you to know that because I know this is the biggest thing you've ever bought, and it's your first house. And it's very important to me for you to know you can trust me. And sometimes it's a conversation. Sometimes it's just, you know, it may it sort of improved my game a little bit because in this business, a lot of times I don't, I haven't taken the time to have that conversation. So now when I start with a new person, I say, look, just understand, you you tell me anything and I will listen. But I want you to be able to trust me and know that I'll look out for you. And it's, and it's interesting. I think, to me, that's the biggest thing in my business, that I, that I want to communicate to my clients. And it makes their experience so much less stressful. And it almost makes it more exciting. I have this saying I tell to especially the people who own my listings, my sellers. I say, you know, let me worry about it. Because I stay up at night worrying about whether your house is going to sell or finding with buyers. buyers are a little bit more challenging now. Is fine in your house. You just rely, you know, let me worry about it. And, and that's the thing is I feel like has helped. That's the way I, I want to run my business that way. So
0: how do, how have you built trust? Like when you're dealing with somebody that's new, that doesn't know you, how do you build that trust?
1: So you listen, so what I, I you know, and you know, obviously I'm a talker. <laughs> and and <laughs> it I makes love my it. job <laughs> easy. No. I'm a talker <laughs> and I can talk a lot and you know, but what I've learned in my profession and my job is to listen, you know, really listen. And I always tell people, because one thing that's common is when people are looking for a house, they rarely tell the realtor their maximum price because they, the, the, realtors have a reputation of pushing you above what you want to spend. And so the first thing I tell people is you can tell me your price range. I will not show you. If you want to go higher, you're going to have to tell me because otherwise, I won't show you anything that you can't get inside that parameter. And I think saying things like that and just saying. And then following up. Yeah, and then following up and also just really telling them how I started and and how my mother you know, basically trained all of us that this is the biggest thing people buy or sell and how important our home was to us and how important my home is to me. And that's how I approach this is that you know, I want you to be happy, I want you to have a good investment, I care about all, every aspect of this, and, and, and I always think it's kind of the golden rule, you want to do for others the way you would do for yourself, and so I just try and impart that to people, and, and I think, I think that it shows, you know, so that's, that's the approach for, for me, but I think, I think, when I work with people who I can tell don't know me well enough to trust me, or don't know that they can trust me, or feel like that they've had experiences in different markets with agents that had a different philosophy, you know, the the biggest compliment I can get is you don't seem like a realtor. You don't seem like what I would visualize a realtor to be, and I feel like not that I don't love realtors and love our industry but like any industry there there's a few people that give 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 people experiences that give us a bad
0: like used car salesmen well, they got a huge we get
1: compared to we get compared to them
0: do you
1: oh yeah that's it's interesting but if you look at if you ever google like the top 10 industries that people don't trust I mean they're going to be car salesmen and realtors. I mean why
0: why realtors? Like I don't I don't get well, that. Because of course I've, I've all I've, you know worked with you for a long time right. so well, we you. do have that trust and it does yeah. make it easy when you trust somebody.
1: Well, it goes with anything else when you're That's why I always say this isn't a sales job. This is a service profession. It's different. And and I market myself that way. That's where to me you can't sell someone a home. It's there're too many intangibles. But there are a lot of you know, a lot of realtors, they worry about quota. They worry about how many sales they make. They worry about cold calling. They worry about the business and the numbers. And, and I've never worried about that. I've never, been, I've never been this person that says, oh, I want to sell this many houses this year or I want to do this much business this year. I want to be successful at what I do. I do. I want to be successful for the reasons that are important to me. And I think that's the difference. But I think in the real estate industry, in the car industry, in any sales industry, your your management, they give you quotas, they give you goals, and it is more about the numbers. Sometimes a good example is um, builders. You know, builders right now are so busy, and I love selling new construction, I do, but they don't have emotion. They It's numbers. They... They build a product, they know what it costs them to build it, they know what they need to sell it for, and there's no intangible. And for me, in residential real estate, it's just, it's very much a trust service industry where people are trusting you to help them find something that is the most important thing that, that their family has.
0: Well, and, and you, you do have proof behind that Well, right now because, uh, congratulations. Oh, you, you got a big award this this year already, um, for for last year, right? And it is it, it is you. proof to to your style of, of selling that it is about relationships and trust, and it's not about the numbers, even though you have big numbers, but you're not chasing yeah. them. So,
1: well, the big numbers it's interesting, and it creates a lot of pressure, and and I think I, I sometimes it it exposes me and in a way that it looks like the numbers are important but people who the most the most complimentary comments I get whether it's on social media or, or even personally is that people do know I care and there's sometimes they're surprised at those numbers they're surprised to see them and and I am too actually I am too but what what it is is basically it's never been about the numbers for me, but that doesn't mean that But I you don't
0: can you can still be successful yeah. without chasing the numbers and that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. And for everybody who doesn't know that Melissa got uh in the Berkshire Hathaway comp- company, in the US you got second Second in units close. In units close. If
1: it were volume We'd be in Tahiti right now doing this podcast. <laughs> well,
0: you know, Greensboro's only so big. Yeah. The houses are only so... Yeah. It's
1: interesting <laughs> that the, when you get recognized for units, it, it means you're in a market where the pricing's not right. huge. But it's it's on the... You know, we're growing, but it's more... They're not many... Well, it's ag- not yeah. L.A. It's no. not New York. And there are not many individual agents anymore. There are a lot of teams. So I'm still, you know, an individual agent So that puts me in, a mar- in, in the group where I can get recognized, especially being from a smaller market. Because, you know, but it was interesting. The guy who was number one, he was from a big market. Now, Michigan. He's in Michigan, and he did, he did a lot of units. Like, when I, when I see the ones that beat me, I always wonder how, and they do buy a lot. Like, it never is like I almost got to be number one. There's no way I came close to being number one. And that's the difference usually. Like one lady one year did 240 transactions. I couldn't believe it. Like how many, How many? that's almost one. I mean, I'm not a good math person, but it seems like one a day. <laughs> if you take out the weekends maybe, but, but no. The, the and the guy, holidays. Yeah, and the guy who was number one this year did 204. So, okay, I mean, that's a lot.
0: Did you talk to him? Were you able to talk at all?
1: No, I haven't talked to him because, you know, this year our whole um, thing was virtual. Yeah. So I didn't really. And I actually like that because um, when we watched the presentation, um, Jamie and Jackson came to my house and watched it because they had worked with me the entire year. And we, we almost, and Jamie goes, we've got to go outside. We can't listen to this. And I said, well, if we don't listen to it, we're not going to know where we are. And they actually, they actually were more accurate than I I thought we weren't going to be as high cuz it's funny every year no matter what we do everyone does better so it's interesting but no i'm very i'm very proud of them because there's no way i could do it without them there's no way i could do it without my clients who have such loyalty to me there's no way that that i could do it without my company that supports me quite a bit so
0: so in our company you know trust is built by doing what you say I mean, it, it really is like when we say we, we're going to deliver this, we, we deliver it, mm-hmm. you know, and if we're missing a market, it's communicating, saying, hey, you know, yeah." how do you, is that one of the things that you do to build trust or like, what are some yeah. of the other tangible things people can get from this about building trust? Because part of trust is just who, you just have to be an honest person, right? And you have to be honest and truthful. That's how you build right. trust. But what are some of the tangible things that you do that well that other realtors could emulate even if they don't? you know well, have your personality.
1: I mean, I think there's so many great realtors in this area that do really well without having to emulate me, but thank you for saying that. <laughs> but the um I do think that what we I do is I surround myself with people that that work with me that share my values. They they know how much I care about clients. They know how much I care about taking care of them. They know how important trust is. So so that's the number one thing and then we can we and and i love what you said about communication because that is our biggest struggle is to do the service level that we want to do that involves a lot of communication and we we continually work on that and to the point now to where we we basically have developed a group text system where every time we get a new client we we, we i introduce them to my support team with a group text but I always tell people when I say I want you to feel comfortable with anybody that works for me. But I also want you to know that I I can I, anything big, any big decision, any negotiation, you I will be with you every step of the way. And that's what we try and tell people is don't worry about the details. Let us worry about it, and we'll walk you through this process. But don't hesitate to ask a question. And there's no question that is silly. There's no Ask anything because this is a big deal. And, we, and I just instill that in people all the time it, as much as I can. Every, and, and the other thing I think is so important is in a world of texting and in a world of emails, you have to pick up the phone. People need to hear you. They need to hear your voice. They need to, you, can't, you cannot communicate care in writing as much as you can because you're not writing love letters to your clients, hopefully. I mean, I used to have this rule where (laughs) Uh I I used to have this rule where I I would say, I would say, you know, every now and then you meet someone when you're, and I'd say I can't ever date anyone until after the closing. (laughs) I said we got to get through the closing (laughs) because you just don't want to mix those lines. But what I'm saying is, all joking aside, picking up the phone is where you get the trust. Actually meeting them and showing them houses and talking to them is where you where they see that you really care. Being very transparent in everything. Like a lot of times when I'm showing property, I tell people, I don't want you to hear anything when you list this property and sell it with me, hopefully in the future, that you don't hear today. So let me tell you any objections that I don't think can be overcome because the only thing that overcomes those is price. And so I said, You might hear that, you know, this is not an open floor plan. Well, you can overcome that, you can take walls down. Unless there's a stairway and you can't. So the more you talk people through the showings, mm-hmm. the more you, you really make, you know, show them what, that you really care more about the investment. And I, that's why I, I said I'm not a high-pressure salesperson. I tell people, if you like something, you have to tell me. Because otherwise, I, I want this to be exactly what you want and I don't want you to feel any stress. And that's tough in our market right now because it's a stressful market.
0: I remember when we were buying, my wife and I were buying our first house and our real estate agents before I met you, so don't take don't, offense. No no, <laughs> just no, no offense. <laughs> um, anyways, she, I remember her uh, and I, what I appreciated about her is we were given somebody else's name and they're like, we're too busy. Here's you know, Linda. She'll take care of you, which I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Like you you knew that you weren't going to be able to give me the service you needed. Right. Here's somebody else. So we met with her and she did a great job, but when we were in a couple houses, she's like, "Guys, I, I have problems with this house," mm-hmm. and named a few things, and price, and this and that, and like, I, "Let's let's walk, you know. Trust me, let's just walk out of this house." Mm-hmm. Like, okay, and that and that was very important great. to us. Yeah, you know, because it could easy. She could easily have been like, "Oh, we're interested in it. Oh, easy sell. Yeah, and and done."
1: Yeah, I tell um, people. Too and taking a step further, I, I said, "Feel free to ask me if I would buy this house." Yeah, I said, "Feel free," because I'll be very honest about that and tell you if I would or if I wouldn't and why. And I said, all those things are important, but the one thing, and we talked about this the last time, is when someone walks in a house and they love it. Sometimes those things don't matter, and I tell people that too. There, it's okay to buy something that isn't perfect because if it feels like your home when you walk in there, you'll know it. It's funny, the person that I met, because they listened to the podcast, we were, in this market, buyers are really you know desperate to find houses. So we would walk in a couple of different houses, and they said, I just think this is gonna be the house we buy. And I, So I would say, but I could tell, you can always tell when someone's settling, and that's another thing is, I'm not a big believer, in settling on your home? Like, I feel like you just have to wait till, I've seen too many people, 99% of the time when people walk in, they know it. It feels, and so I asked her, I said, when you walked in the house you live in now, did you like it? Did you know it? She said, oh yeah, immediately. She said, it was a mess too, but we just felt like it was our home. And I said, 99% of the time that happens, does this house feel that way? And she said, no. And I said, Then you're settling. Don't settle. Yeah. And and she really saw that. And ironically the next week we walked in a house and she loved it and she texted me after we left and she said, I had that feeling. You
0: know Do do you ever think that home buying is gonna become sterile? You know, I, I see that with cars right now, you know, where you can go to the to the tower and, and buy the car like a vending machine. I know it doesn't work exactly like right. that. Right, but you know, you've taken out you don't even see the car before you buy it. You're like, I just want to use. I want this car. It meets this, this, and this. And you're buying a used car that you've never seen before. I mean, a new. I understand, but a car is right. different because they're all, you know, right the same. But a used car you've never seen before, smelled, been in, like it. That's a sterile process. I could never buy a car like that. So, a used car.
1: So COVID really created the opening for that in the real estate market because people couldn't travel here. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't come house hunting. And even during the shelter-in-place, we couldn't show property for a while. So I, we sold some houses where people did not see them until they got here. That's always so nerve-wracking for me, doing those walk-throughs when the people haven't seen them. And it also lends itself to another issue on your listings is now we're having to ask, did your client walk through the house? Because it makes a difference. It does. So, so I do hear what you're saying, but it's interesting. the. Um, a lot of the questions are were when I was doing Facetime showings. Does it? How does it smell? Do you smell? And you know, and I, you have to just walk them through and be very honest about that. Do I think that's the norm? No, I don't. I think, I think that it is never going to be the norm. And and I and if it is, hopefully <laughs> we're retired by the exactly. end. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, I say that with very much hope that it won't be. You know, while I'm doing this because. I just, you know, we hear things, gosh, 10 years ago, we heard, oh, realtors are going to become obsolete because people can search on Zillow. They can search on, you know, Redfin, all these other venues, you know, all Zillow is coming in the market. You will they won't need you. And I'm like, okay, that I, I, I optimistically disagree with that. I feel like that we do so much more than just show someone a house. And, and, I, and I think that while that may occur, I don't think we'll ever be completely obsolete. I think people are going to need the guidance, the one advice. It's like anything else. Do you remember the Well, I think you-
0: as a buyer, it gave me a better tool. Oh. It just gave me a tool. It didn't replace my realtor. Yeah. But, you know, the realtor said, hey, look at this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay, and let's look at this, this, and this, yeah. too. And then we had a collaboration. I right. think I think it made the realtor game you know, the established game, step up their digital oh, um, absolutely. game, we which used, is better for the we client. We get but. an
1: MLS book every two yeah.
0: weeks. <laughs> okay. Yes. But I hear you. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I don't, you know, I don't mind that, but what, what I do mind and I see it in our industry is buyers searching for houses, giving a list to a realtor. That's all they show them. And what I try and do is get to know what they're looking for and say, well, this house may not present itself real well online, but this is a, this might be exactly what you're looking for. Let me pick out a few. Yeah, and and that and and sometimes they pick those, and sometimes they pick the ones they found. But either way, I just think that's where the we that's where we need you know agents that do their own searching and help. Like right now, I I set my clients up on something very similar to Zillow. They prefer Zillow, right? But I set them up on something. It's connected to our MLS, but I set myself up to get the emails. So it helps me keep up with new listings. And I'll shoot it to them and say, I don't know if you saw this, but this just came up. And what we can do is we can control timing. So I can set them up where the minute it hits the market, I get an email. Not once a day, not whatever. So we don't really know the schedule of Zillow and these other sites, but, but I'm a Zillow Premier agent. So I've spent a bunch of money with Zillow. Because the public embraces Zillow.
0: It's time for our uh, call to a sponsorship, Zillow. Oh, okay. yeah, you... good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me know how that works out. <laughs>
1: Can you imagine? Yeah. Wow. We, we could just do this podcast and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, I think, but I mean, that's the thing is I do think that um, you have to embrace what the public embraces. Yeah. And, and yeah, and we, the, but let me just talk about Zestimates for a <laughs> minute. You know, Zestimates are great, but those people don't go inside the house. Right. They take an average price per square foot. So I explain that to clients a lot. I say, it's good to see what it is. It really is. It keeps you up with what your average price per square foot is, but it's very hard to value a house without visiting. it.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, thanks for talking through all that with me today. Because well, it, it does, it. like, that kind of communication does build trust with me, somebody yeah. trying to learn. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, kind of what this conversation was about was trust and we're, here and there. I don't that. think
1: we were funny enough today.
0: We weren't very funny today. I know. I felt That's like okay, we're so serious. That's okay, though. You know, sometimes it's, it can be serious. It was good at the beginning. Our
1: next one, we should do it later in the day. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll be back with well, that. You know, I actually pe- have to People go. want to
0: hear. People want to hear some yeah. serious stuff every once in a while, yeah, especially about real actually, estate. This
1: has actually been fun, though. So let me run because I got to get busy. I got to pay for that landscape renovation. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make some money. But well,
0: well, let's, let's do the next one okay. on, let's do the next one or, or one soon after this. That's just fun. Let's talk about some, maybe some creepy things or weird things oh, you've run across. It's not as I educational, but that. fun. The,
1: the, the perils of real <laughs> being a real estate agent or the education yes. of being a real estate agent. That'll be fun. Let's do that. And then, Maybe we can pull in an agent that's only been on, been in the business for a few years yeah. and get their perspective. And, we'll do and I'll it. pick one that likes me. Don't okay. worry. <laughs> okay. Pick
0: one that doesn't like you, too. I want to hear the dirt. That'd no. be fun. <laughs>
1: That'd be fun. <laughs> I don't think I can find one, day. <laughs> I, I say that wishfully. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let me run, but it's great seeing yeah. you and great being back in your place.
0: Yes, and thanks, everybody, for listening and Have tune in next you. time.
1: Thank you. All right, Bye.